I'm Kira Murphy from the drama department at NUI Galway and this is a podcast from City Song at the 2019 Galway International Arts Festival. City Song is a production by the Abbey Theatre and Soho Theatre and I spoke to the cast about this fantastic production. Hi everybody um, and thank you so much for staying behind uh, for the post-show talk for City Song. I have the director, Christina McLaughlin, with me here and we'll shortly be joined by the cast once they've had a chance to catch their breath um, and have a drink, which I think is probably much needed. <laughs> um, so I'm gonna chat to Katrina and the cast for a little bit and there'll be an opportunity for you, the audience, to ask a few questions. We'll pass around the microphone. So um, if you have any burning questions after that, which I'm sure you must do, um, we'll have plenty of time for that. So first of all, Katrina, thank you so much for chatting to me. Um, Pleasure. Thank you. Um, the first thing I wanted to ask was the development of this piece. Obviously, had had a previous run in Dublin. It's co-produced by the Abbey in Soho. There's kind of a lot of hands in this pot. And I'm just wondering, how does it look now compared to how it looked a couple of months ago? Well, I suppose this... Is that OK? That's all. I suppose the script itself, in terms of the, uh, the journey of it, was pretty solid. Um, Dylan wrote the play for um, something called the Verity Bargate Award, or well, he didn't write it for that, but it won that award. So it was complete as a play um, when he sent it into that. In terms of the shape of it and the choice to put six actors in it and who said what, that developed over rehearsals because it's one narrative poem um, and there's a hundred ways you could do it. So that developed over sort of four or five weeks rehearsal. Um, I had an idea that, uh, starting with the play, I, I wanted to cast a city rather than a family because there was two ways, in my, in my view, to go with it. So I wanted to cast a city, but I wanted to cast a city from sort of Dylan's perspective. When he wrote the play, he was 21. And there's a lot of... Um, there's a lot of ideas in the play that are very much the thoughts and ideas of a young world. And I was more interested in having younger actors play up than having older actors play down because of Dylan and the kind of energy of the piece and the fact that they were all playing multiple characters. So, in so we cast six people that I thought could do maybe one or two of the characters and then we decided who played what over the first sort of week week and a half of rehearsal. So they weren't cast as parts when they came in. Just as people themselves, yeah. and opportunities almost. Exactly. And was it kind of a devising process then, an ensemble devising process in the room, or how did, how did the rehearsal room kind of go then in those first couple of weeks? No, not at all. Um, because as I said, it, because of the structure of it, the poetry is fairly tight. So it was very, it was solid as a piece of writing. Um, so what we did was we tried different sort of different kind of techniques that we were interested in using, how much sound we would use, different you know, we tried a few days of using different kind of microphones, different ways of using the voice. And in the end, the thing that worked the best was just the humanity of the characters and the personality of the characters. So people read different parts uh, and the voices, the three characters that are the voices in the piece as written is one character. So everybody sort of read bits of that. So I suppose it just naturally came from people's own energy, their own personality, how, what I thought would work well in terms of combinations and how to make the kind of family dynamic and the layers of family 
clearest. Um, and then also, I was really keen that we would play around with gender, different people playing ge different genders and not make a thing of it, just that it would be kind of fluid. It wouldn't be set. So yeah, I don't really know. It wasn't improvised, but it was played. We played around with it. Yeah, that makes sense. And I think kind of something that comes across from what you're saying there is the, I suppose, the broad relatability. Hello and welcome. welcome. <laughs> this is actually a good moment to be joined with the rest of the cast, actually, because something that struck me as I was sitting there watching the audience come in was the broad range of demographics that are sitting in the room. It's not always the case, actually. When you go see a play, you usually kind of know what to expect in a broad sense, but you have people um, from all decades, all generations, all walks of life. And I think that the relatability of the characters is something that maybe attracts a diverse audience, but also maybe allows for that kind of playfulness and opportunity in the rehearsal room. Um, I'm just wondering whether it, for the cast, could you find yourselves in those characters that were kind of emerging in the rehearsal room? Because I know I saw myself in about 17 different moments <laughs> in, in the play. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, really Dylan's writing actually and, and the tenderness between this direction uh, really just enhances the humanity of all the people and all the moments so you can't help but see yourself in all of them genuinely you know whether it's a 14 year old boy or a 70 something year old woman I think like we're all in all of them and that's why we have such a large demographic and there's such an attraction to the piece yeah. because it doesn't exclude anybody you know? yeah yeah, what Amy said. <laughs> <laughs> Mic drop. Yeah. But talk to me about the mechanics of the piece. You're, it's a frantic piece. It's wordy. It's, you know, it's versy. It's Joycean. You're playing loads of different people. Like that's a challenging rehearsal room to be it in. It was so easy. Yeah. <laughs> 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 <Cute> girl. <laughs> How did you do it? Like, what are your, what, how did you work as an ensemble, I suppose, to create that very visible ease? Uh, <laughs> it was a lot of, it was a lot of experimenting, like, you kind of have to get things around 100 times before you get them right. And working with Katrina, she was very, like, very focused on finding the moments and the meaning behind the moments before putting any shape or, like, definite anything on it. She wanted everything underneath it to be done first, so that was probably the most challenging part of it. The rest of it was technical stuff, like where you go and who you're playing and when you're going to change and what they sound like and how they stand, but you had to, I think the trickiest part of it was finding the honesty of the actual, like the integrity of the moments before that. However, the rest of the technical stuff was also a massive pain in the end. <laughs> <laughs> like, um, but it was good, it was fun, it was fun to work on, like it was really tough, but like I don't think any of us didn't have the crack doing all of it, like, so yeah. that's not why we're here. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody please take this off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, like Mohan uh, said, I just think um, Katrina has like paid so much uh, care and attention to those moments that I think you see throughout the whole play. And, those moments that we relate to, uh, it be love or loss or youth or uh, old. Um, and I think that was uh, maybe a struggle, knowing that we had so much characters to jump in and out of, 
and different kind of rhythms that like she really paced us into like paying real focus to those moments and I think they're the kind of fibre that really tie the play together and I think once we stay on that line it, you know it seems that uh, it's it's a, a good thing to follow you know that, that through line that she's created and Dylan had said Dylan had said which is really which made so much sense that uh, uh, love the moments not the words and then that's and that's so true like love each moment each breath in the piece each person you are and not the words the words come after and that that was what we started really doing to think mm. yeah I, th- I think that's the key because uh, the tendency might be to focus on the words because they're so poetic and they're so necessary and there's a rhythm in them that you have to get right so the instinct might be to focus on that first but then you lose the people if you do that and it becomes a diff- and that's an equally valid way to do it of course it is but we were really interested in who the people were rather than getting you know the rhythm right and I think that that's part of the attractiveness of the piece in a way you're sitting there and you're having this like odyssey of words like hurled at you but it's the people that you're connecting with the characters um, and you said you'd cast a city and it's obviously very literally recognizably Dublin but also very literally recognizably Dublin you know mm-hmm. and I'm just wondering you know this has traveled to Galway and it's in my opinion traveled really well and this could be any city actually and how did you manage that because you know you're hooking your kind of like boat to a certain anchor but really it's universal it's humans are everywhere <laughs> yeah but I, I think that's exactly it it's the more specific you make something the more recognizable it is in a wider context so we did this play in London and it felt like a London play the details might be Dublin, but as Amy says, it's people and it's a city and it's got it's the lifeblood of a city and cities function in the same way. They've got the same bricks and mortar and streets and people and taxis and all the substance of a city is what makes the play rather than it being particularly Dublin. Um, I might pass it over to the audience then because um, I'm sure that there's loads of questions. So if anyone has an El Kesh for anyone, raise the hand. Don't be shy. <laughs> yes. Thank you. 
anyone could relate to anyone in this show because there were people who Dylan was with me. And yeah, it's just, you can connect with them pretty handy, you know? Uh, and it's fun, it's just fun as an actor to see what else can you do. Well, you know, try this physicality or you know, all that kind of stuff. And playing the voice and all those things. It's great, it's great play. It's also actually the most technical. It's the it's the most, uh, I, I couldn't believe I get when I could not see but it's the most technical, I found it more technical than Shakespeare actually. You know, like, because you're, you're creating, you begin an image over here, and you have to get the inflection right at the end of that sentence, and you must breathe there in order to land the image when they get to it, another paragraph down, and end on, like, where you end on, you know, when you're in inflection, how you're ending it, and, and where, you're, where you're leading the audience before the audience know they're coming with you, you have to take care of that. It's, it's incredibly technical. Like it's, it's an incredibly physical show, although it might not look it, but it really is. You're constantly trying to work your breath and, and, um, and work your way through the piece without ever making it look like it's tricky. I mean, we hope. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, uh, it's, it's, so it's a real challenge and a joy to have to um, really work that out. Uh, that was kind of, that was a gift. That's, we, we love that. I found that as well, actually, more so with the like, Yours was kind of obviously with the language and with physicality, but particularly with physicality, I found that you never ever relax in the show. You can never be like, I don't want to change. You don't. <laughs> you just don't. None of us do. We're freaking out the whole time. No. But it's like, it's so. Because you're playing like, what, 15, 20 different people, and they all have to be their own person. If you hold your head, like, if you design them all or whatever, and you figure out who they are. You hold your hands a certain way for this person at the start. Did you normally hand to that person at the end? Then you have to change that person. You're like, no, because I did that for the last minute. The way they're walking, or the way they hold their head, or the way they say that sentence, or how fast they talk. So you have to constantly be like 100% in your own body and in other six other people's minds and eyes and stories and everything. It's wicked challenging. <laughs> like I won't say anything. I think as well, Dylan has helped us so much by seeming to get the kind of psychology of these characters, whether it be a 15 year old who's going to a nightclub for the first time, or a you know, 70 year old who's uh, grieving a three year, you know, becoming a widow. And he has such a, an amazing way of just really getting like, their thoughts in. And I think that was like the first anchor of like, jumping on like, you know, the way these characters think. And also it's just so like, universal, like you instantly spot like, oh yes, I've had those insecurities, whatever it is. Um, but I found that that was quite like an actor to come in at first, and then we worked with also um, a movement director for five weeks as well, Sue Mylan, who kind of got us up and did different exercises to you know embody, and that obviously helped. Yeah. And then uh, Andrea. And Andrea, and Andrea, yeah, Andrea, Andrea Ainsworth, our uh, voice director as well. So with the two of them and Katrina, we and our own freedom, I think as well, just to explore. That was probably a massive thing as well. Anybody else? Oh, yep. I think yeah, the most challenging thing, though, going back to your question, was um, playing the narrators. Uh, rather than just being narrators on the sideline, commenting on what was happening or you know guiding it, you you, uh, you had to connect to it, you know, to really be in as part of the story. It was was a massive challenge because Katrina wasn't letting us press on anything like you know she, when they're just narrating, they're just narrating down here. No, <laughs> no, it's, it, it is a challenging thing to, to, to not just be someone on the sideline voicing what's happening and actually really connect with these people and, you know, 
that, that was one of the most challenging things. shape of it is it's actually um it's what is it schools for it's divided into um dioceses or church you know it's church land um of dublin so it's kind of roughly the different areas of dublin but the other thing that was really important to me was i wanted the audience to see themselves in the set somehow and that's how we came up with the idea of of a mur or sarah did um, because to me, this, that's what this play is. I wanted people to see themselves in it literally as well as in the words and in the characters. And there's a moment when um, it's at the end and it's whatever, oftentimes we can't see, particularly in this case, we, we can see the front of a couple of rows and we can't see beyond until, until it's a particular light. Like, once we're in a blue state, I can, we can see, uh, you know, see. Um, but there's one time when it's towards the end, whatever lighting state we're in, and the door is opened. I think it's when Bridget is leaving. The door opens out, and, for so, and it catches the light, and it, and it just boom across the audience back down. And we see you all standing <laughs> in it. As you see, as it hits you, it hits us, and it's really communal, actually. We all share it, whether or not you know it, but we all share it. <laughs> <laughs> it's lovely. <laughs> 
it's actually something that struck me when I was watching the play as well. And I know that Dylan wrote this like quite some time ago. And there's actually like almost like reflections of an Ireland that we've lost slightly in many ways, thankfully. And um, in many ways, it's gotten worse. But I found that really in- <laughs> sorry, guys. Um, I find that really interesting actually in all the stories, and especially that kind of like montage of pregnancy and those moments and all of the kind of like splinter stories that kind of like emerge from those and that you think of when you're sitting in a context. A- different from what it was written in. Um, I suppose for you rehearsing this, was that in your mind, like the whole idea of these contexts and how they'd be, how they were going to, I suppose, lay on top of, of the words? That was something we'd done a lot. <laughs> um, that was something we'd actually done when we were kind of working on the script really for the first like, week or two weeks we were sitting down kind of literally analysing the script and the language and figuring out what it meant. We all had to know every image and every reference. And it was like it was absolutely 100% right like because otherwise we wouldn't have been able to show any of that to any of you guys. So we learned a lot then about like, like you say now, the pregnancy things. We learned an enormous amount of, about pregnancy from Dylan. <laughs> quite a bit of looking up words in dictionaries, <laughs> I have to confess. <laughs> yeah. Anybody else? Yes. Yeah, I'm very performing this evening. Um, Dublin City as a character is very established in playwriting and prose, and I was wondering if you were conscious of trying to bring a new depiction to the city, or if you were just sort of exploring it as, as yeah, I think I was very conscious of that and that that's um, kind of clear from the casting. Um, I was really, I was, we saw a lot of people for this play, um, but for me it was essential that we had a modern Dublin and not, because I didn't want it to look like any other version of Dublin, I wanted it to be Dylan's Dublin and or Dublin and very contemporary Dublin, you know what I mean? So there was a couple of things that were clear from the beginning. I definitely wanted people from different kinds of backgrounds and I was really adamant being a country woman that it's our capital city so I wanted some coaches in there like me <laughs> because I didn't want it, you know, there was a version we could have done that was all Dublin, Dubliners. So Dan, Claire and Jade are Dubliners and um, am I right? Yeah, and the rest are coaches. Harry <laughs> and Cork, and then I'm Dummy, Dummy Goal. So for me, um, and then obviously 
Jade and Daryl have, have come from sort of mixed race backgrounds, which is really important because to me, that's very much part of our country and, and it's a, something I really wanted to celebrate. And I also wanted to celebrate the fact that, you know, Dublin as a capital city has changed so much. We have the, you know, we're sort of, we live charge in terms of um, the marriage referendum. We caught up with the abortion referendum and I wanted to reflect a little bit of that kind of side of the country. Anybody have anything else to add? Yeah, I think, like, yeah, everything that the chief said, and um, I, like Dylan himself is also quarter Asian, so his grandmother is half Asian, and I found just every idiosyncrasy, though, in terms of, you know, like you said, age and everything, but I, I thought it was so nice to, to feel like, that, you know, he's representing the modern world that we see, you know, today, um, and be it from the small, kind of, like, the small jokes that, like, Filipino has to go through, you know, and he, has, he, he deals with such a such a clever way, you know, and such a, an insight, which was so refreshing, I think, to be there and, and tell a story. Yeah. And unapologetic, I think, as well. Yeah. Like, I think it's unapologetically acknowledging, um, it's, a, it's unapologetically acknowledging racism as it exists. Not apologizing for acknowledging it. I should be very clear to say, uh, because quite rightly, you know, like I've been in those staff rooms, you know, where people are would be saying crisis, whatever. <laughs> Not all staff rooms, but I've been in ones where they have been. Uh, and uh, to kind of sit and go, yeah, that's been said, and uh, that's just the way it is, you know. And in London, actually, really resonated in London because um, yeah. you were saying there, 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 there's such, particularly in the theatre, everything, everybody's trying to be incredibly um, correct. Which, yeah. is, which is great in the sense where when they heard those, they got kind of defensive, like, no, 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 we're not saying it, we're saying they're saying it, you know, uh, which was interesting. And, and right as well, in a way, it, it was, there's no wrong reaction to it. It's that, it's, that tricky, it's that tricky thing, and it's something that's very familiar to me, even within my own family, is that people say things that are thoughtless, that are not meant in any obviously racist way, but they don't realize that they're being racist by kind of being thoughtless. Um, and that's kind of something that was really interesting. And not just racist, but bigoted in all the very various ways we can be. And, you know, so I suppose that was something that we were trying to acknowledge and sort of make us look at rather than, make us as a society look at it rather than, you know, say it's okay because it's, no, obviously not. <laughs> I think it's really important as well to be representing a diverse Ireland with a diverse cast. And I know we haven't been the best for that in Irish theatre and we're only starting to get better, but it is refreshing to see diverse bodies, diverse ages, diverse um, backgrounds like represented on stage. It's something that's been lacking. And to see, you know, that it seems genuine then. There's no, rep, you know, no, nothing about us without us. You know, there's this whole idea that maybe we are changing. And even like sitting in the audience during those moments where everyone's kind of like, mm. and you know, to sit there and to acknowledge the fact that everyone is thinking that isn't right and that is uncomfortable. And I think that the production like does that really well. And it must be satisfying to get those reactions back from the audience. Um, you know, because maybe in a different time, it wouldn't have landed quite that way. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, know, yeah. But it wouldn't even, I don't think it would have been even written in that way. You know, I don't think it would have been, is it, I think Dylan is just so on it in terms of, like in, in the jokes itself, he, he mentioned, he exposes it, yet at the same time gives you the likeness to see it without, do you know what I mean, without going, this is wrong, you know, and, and that's I think where you come and meet it and then go, oh, okay. Um, but I think, like, yeah, I just don't think those jokes would have been written even a few years ago. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think we have time for one last question, if anyone wants to raise the hand. I think we should make Claire answer it. Question <laughs> 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 for Claire, who's smoking in the corner. You only have one last. How are you doing, Claire? That seems like a good place as any to leave it. So I just want everyone to join me in giving a massive round of applause for the applause for our cast. Thank you very much to everybody for sitting with us for the last 20 minutes. Stay home.